Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast where we story of faith in humanity. I'm Kyle. And I'm Charlie. And that noise in the background you're probably hearing right now, that's Nugget trying to get some food that fell underneath the washer. I don't think they can hear it. <laughs> I don't know. But she's not distracting enough <laughs> to talk about what we're excited to talk about mm-hmm. is not Nugget, but a new episode of our podcast, and it's ata yeah the month of ata continues last episode was the austin theater alliance this time it's the austin tech alliance oh yeah different ata different mission i think their tiles pretty much get across like that they're in different sectors at least i wonder if they know about each other i mean they probably do now now they'll know i mean we we join them together Mm -hmm. and austin tech alliance tech it's kind of given away Mm -hmm. what it sort of means it's a nonprofit that promotes civic engagement in austin's tech sector mm-hmm. they also provide something that's useful for my job which is technological solutions to the public sector which yes. is great we talked later on in this episode about how at the city of austin we don't have we only have paper timesheets. i know and- that's ridiculous so you have to give it to your boss and mm-hmm. then your boss gives it to his hierarchy mm-hmm. yeah but that's like one of the things that the Austin Tech Alliance is doing is they're trying to get rid of that within the city of Austin. But for you, your company's a member company of ATA. What does that mean for you? We get floods of emails in our <laughs> inbox. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. We, we also get a free membership to ATA. Mm-hmm. They update us on, like, I already knew about the paper mission, hmm. paperless mission. I didn't know about that until this interview. Before interviewing David, hmm. because we haven't even said his <laughs> name. yet. <laughs> his name is David Edmondson. <laughs> okay, let's just get back on track. No, I think this is a good, <laughs> I think this is a good beginning. I think we're being natural. Mm, that's true, we are. Yeah, David Edmondson is a CEO at the Austin Tech Alliance. It was a great interview. I learned a lot about the Texas political system that I forgot about since my seventh grade Texas history class. And just how important it is to go vote in the primaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had no idea how important the primaries were, and I'm happy I voted in them now. Same. You'll learn more about that in the episode. But we talk about pretty much like how the Austin Tech Alliance is engaging the Austin tech sector to become more politically involved. And it doesn't matter which side of the spectrum you're on, if you're a Democrat Mm. or a Republican or Libertarian Mm. or Tea Party Mm. or who knows. There's so many different parties out there now. They just want everyone to get involved and go vote, too, Mm. if voting season is happening. Yeah. And then also on my end, as a city employee, they're trying to work with the city of Austin to find solutions to common minor headaches that we have like the paper timesheet it's just kind of annoying it doesn't hurt my work but just like it'd be nice just to like save five minutes of not doing all that stuff back in my day (laughs) exactly in 2019 (laughs) we had paper timesheets yes i'm only 26 (laughs) i just turned 26 yep but yeah it, it was a great uh interview and i had a great time with it we saw his cute dog and uh, we spoke briefly outside the mic about his record collection, which I was happy to talk to him about. Yeah, I mean, record collection and cute dog. It's everything you need in Austin, plus tech I mean, and politics. Yeah, that, that makes Austin right there. <laughs> All cute dogs, 
Cute Dogs, Hipster Records, and Politics and Technology. That's all you need to become an Austinite, really. Keep it weird. <laughs> Let me take a, a step back to before I even got hired, because that kind of sets the stage to why I think the two folks that founded and organized the organization sought me out uh, or ended up hiring me. Mm-hmm. So I, I came to Austin in 2002 uh, for law school. It was like many people who went to law school because they have no idea what else they want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a really expensive way of putting a delay on that decision for three years. (laughs) So I was in Austin um, and then I got engaged and I was soon to be married, coming out of law school, still didn't have a job lined up. It was beautiful. I had set up my classes the first semester of my third year so I only had classes Monday through Wednesday. So I had four day weekends. That's so nice. Which is awesome in theory but then they're full of guilt when (laughs) those four-day weekends are you not finding a job uh uh, for your you and your fiance who's also a grad student um (laughs) with no incoming money so ended up taking an internship at the texas capitol and worked there through uh, the fall and then also through a legislative session you know the the Texas Capitol mm-hmm. operates weird. They're, the legislature is only in session for five months every other year. What? Um, okay. Uh, yeah. No so idea. they begin in January of odd numbered years, huh. and then they go through about the end of May for 140 days. Is that different from other states? Yes, it is. Okay. So um, most other states either have a full time legislature, in other words, people are paid living wages to do mm-hmm. the job, or their annual or some combination of the two, right? There still might be part-time ones, but they're, they're still doing it on an annual or more regular basis. You know, Texas, because it's in the Constitution, you, they only meet that often. Mm. And, you know, the joke up there is that uh, if you were to ask Texans today, they would probably prefer two days every 140 years <laughs> as opposed to 140 days every two years. <laughs> so that's what's in the Constitution, meaning it would take a vote of all Texans to change that, Mm -hmm. like to have a full-time legislature that are paid living wages because it is part-time legislature. They get paid $600 a month to do the job. Mm -hmm. So they all have jobs that allow them to take off for five months every other year to go to Austin Mm -hmm. almost full-time. So anyway, it's crazy. Um, So I ended up interning there and then took a job out of law school in a Senate office, and I worked for two senators over the course of 11 years. Had great experiences, really enjoyed it, and you also developed this really weird, unique skill set that you often, I often, and other legislative staff question how it's applicable to the rest of the world <laughs> okay. uh, outside of kind of this six-block radius that surrounds <laughs> the Texas Capitol. But the senator that I was working for most recently was named Rodney Ellis, he was leaving to become a Harris County commissioner. So I knew about six months in advance that he was going to be leaving his job, which meant at the end of when the clock struck midnight on December 31st, 2016, Mm -hmm. I was no longer going to have a job, Mm -hmm. but it gave me this long six month period to figure it out. Decided I wanted to leave the Capitol, try something else. Uh, A lot had changed in the building and the way it functioned over the 11 years that I worked there. So I was ready to try and use that skill set elsewhere. So I ended up putting up feelers, putting out feelers to let folks know I was, you know, potentially available and got approached by 
people who had been tasked with by a couple of serial entrepreneurs here in town who mm-hmm. were looking to put together an organization that kind of sat at the intersection of policy and Austin's broader tech sector. Had a series of conversations with them. It seemed interesting and unique, and I was going to have the opportunity to build something from scratch, which is not something that you're often able to do inside the Capitol, just because mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's clearly defined structures in place. And so I jumped at it and ended up starting in the middle of August in 2016. So naturally then, what does what does the Austin Tech Alliance do then? And how do you serve them as a CEO? Sure. So our mission is to promote civic engagement in Austin's tech sector. And we really define that as three strategies. So first, it's educating the tech grassroots on policy issues that impact them. It's advocating at the city hall and state capital to use tech as a tool to help solve civic challenges. And then activating the tech sector to speak up, participate and vote. We are a nonpartisan member based nonprofit. So it's a 501c6. Those are typically going to be trade associations or business leagues. But here, the way that the model we created, and we really did create this from scratch, there wasn't a template off of which, you know, we built the organization, um, which was, which is really cool and also really stressful at the beginning, (laughs) (laughs) not being able to say, well, this is how they did it in in Boston, or this is how Mm -hmm. they did it in Seattle, and we'll take the best parts and add some Austin flavor, and then we've Mm -hmm. got it, right? The way that we structured it for the member portion of the member-based nonprofit is uh, we have both company memberships as well as individual memberships. And our goal long-term is to be able to talk to those individuals that make up Austin's tech sector. So somebody like Charlie, in a sense... Exactly. Exactly. Someone like Charlie. Um, so someone who, what we call the, the grassroots of Austin's tech sector. And the way that we say it that way is because we want to draw the distinction between an organization that might just focus on executives or C-level. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to talk to all 120,000 people that work in Austin's tech sector, ideally. We want to create this educated and engaged constituency within the tech sector who know what issues are going on at the state capitol, know what issues are going on at City Hall, how those impact them. Mm-hmm. Again, being that, that one unifying factor being that they're all work in tech. And they also understand when those issues impact them, how they can make their voice heard and impact the process in an, an effective and efficient manner. Understanding that look, people are busy. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a lot going on in everybody's lives, whether it's work or family. And so we try to make it digestible and easy to understand. We don't dive too deep into the weeds on the surface level. We want people to be able to understand what the policy issues are and how they impact them and provide them other opportunities to learn more. But that's how we kind of built out that structure. So when a company joins, like for example, Charlie's employer is a member of of ATA, one of 58 member companies as of today. Part of what they're purchasing for that membership is they're buying those individual memberships for all of their Austin employees. Those employees can then opt in for free. You know, what, what, considered effectively an employee benefit at that point. Um, And so they're able to have this instant on policy engagement platform that allows their employees to have an outsized impact in their community and understand the issues that are that are moving. And I already did sign up for it. (laughs) So yeah, I remember right here. Imagine that. 
Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like is how you're trying to incorporate tech solutions to government problems. Right. Because as a city employee, I could definitely say that we are pretty slow at adopting new technologies. So the idea of like having a an advocacy group for people to like help the government do their job better is extremely beneficial for somebody in my position. Yeah, so that's that's true. I mean, government as a rule, having worked in the public sector for 11 years, it does move slower than the private sector. And yeah. a lot of that's by design. I mean, mm-hmm. you are utilizing taxpayer dollars. There's limited resources there. You have elected officials who are publicly accountable for how those dollars are spent. So to your point, we just kicked off a project with the city of Austin uh, in the middle of January, and it's called the Paper Census. Oh, yeah. I was reading about that online. Yeah. yeah. So the Paper Census is an effort for uh, Austin Tech Alliance as well as the city to reach out to residents across the city and say, hey, where are the paper-based processes at the city of Austin that are a pain for you, Mm -hmm. that are a hassle for residents or a hassle for city staff? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of the classic example that people bring up is that city of Austin employees are still on paper-based timesheets. I know that's that's something that they're working to rectify right now. Really? Yeah, we're on paper-based timesheets. It is... So, like, we actually file our our time online through the system called Maximo, which is an IBM platform, but they only process it after we print out that sheet from Maximo and then hand it to their supervisor to sign that, and then they pass it to their supervisor to sign it. Like, it's such an inefficient process. Like, we can't just type into Maximo and just have it over with. I need to type it in, print it out, walk to my boss's office, have him sign it, and then he needs to go to his boss and have him review it and then sign that and then go on and all the way to the top. Do papers ever get lost? Uh, no, not really. And it's all backed up online at least, which is nice. Yeah, that's that's the perfect example of you know a paper-based process that is a hassle for employees, for staff, but that is necessarily going to trickle down to you know impacting their ability to work on behalf of, of yeah. City of Austin residents. And so right now we're in the middle of this four-week insights campaign that we kicked off at the beginning of last week. And it is, you go to papercensus.org, Uh, and it asks you a simple question. It's what are the city of Austin, you know, forms and activities that are paper-based and a hassle for you to deal with. And Mm -hmm. we're going to be reaching out or we are reaching out to the broader community as well as non-digital and digital outreach, understanding that, you know, my microphone and, and the, the, uh, uh, where it extends into the community isn't going to be as limited as, as you know, doing face-to-face conversations with folks as well to try and figure out where those opportunities are. And so that is literally the census portion of the paper census. And coming out of that, um, you know, we're going to have a whole list of potential changes. And what we're going to be doing, ATA is this, you know, third-party outside nonprofit that's working with the city is we're going to work with staff as well as city residents hmm. uh, to design, research, and then develop a digital prototype that we can then hand over to the city departments. That's kind of the next stage in this process after we have this four-week insights campaign. And, and we, I can say we, I used to say we a lot in conversations about ATA and then always add the addition that we is me. Because <laughs> uh, for the first 
year and a half of the organization that was true. It was a, oh, really? a one-person show. Wow. And, but we just hired employee number two. Uh, her name is Sarah Ortiz Shields, and she's the program manager for the paper census uh, and is also working on a couple of other projects that we have going on. And she's fabulous. She's super talented, was an innovation fellow at the city of Austin through their innovation department or innovation office, pardon me, and had about 10 years of experience uh, working within the tech sector as a program manager oh, as well. That's perfect. It makes it there. And then another organization that you all should absolutely profile is called Open Austin. Um, oh, yeah, actually, I was going to bring them up in this interview. Yeah. I, I, they gave a presentation at a, a conference I went to for GA, for the GIS software we use. Uh-huh. And I like they do a bunch of like good like, open source uh, data projects, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, they have it for like everything, like traffic accidents, I think was one, crime rates maybe. I can't remember they all were. Probably, yeah. So it's, you know, volunteer organization. Mm. They're the local Code for America brigade. So if mm. you think kind of civic-minded programmers, developers, mm. uh, designers who are interested in the use of open mm. government and open data and being mm. able to build cool products using mm. that data. Um, and so we, to stop going down the rabbit trail too far, so Sarah is actually the co-lead of Open Austin okay. as well. So she has... Mm you know, real deep ties mm-hmm. with uh, the civic tech community here in Austin. And yeah, they're a great organization that does mm-hmm. a lot of fabulous work. So I would suggest that you add them to your queue. I came from a journalism background when I was in Louisiana. And then I moved over to the tech industry. But I still had that very like, let's help the community sort of vibe. So that's why I really liked ATA's mission, because I could combat like the two in unison so at my job Mm -hmm. uh have you done anything with ata with your job yet or is it just kind of like a member paying dues right now so they they sent out an email a couple weeks ago saying hey by the way remember austin tech alliance you can sign up and it's for free yeah experian was one of the recent members that signed um and so we and I can I can kind of jump into some yeah. of the, the yeah, yeah. some of the sure. stuff that we do. Um, you know, in terms of the programming that we have lined up for 2018, obviously the paper census that I just talked about is a really big project that we're super excited about. Being able to work in partnership with the city of Austin and achieve some, you know, measurable outcomes, whether mm-hmm. that be dollars saved, uh, time saved for city staff as well as residents. You know, carbon pollution saved because you're not forcing somebody to print out a paper PDF form, fill it out, and then drive down to a, a city of Austin office to turn it in in hand, uh, or in person, pardon me. So we're excited about that. But one of the more regular ongoing projects that we've had ever since we started uh, is called Tech Votes. Now, Tech Votes was originally the brainchild of the chief product officer at an ATA company called Aceable. And his name is Aaron DeFosse. And he uh, said, hey, we need to do something to increase voter participation in Austin's tech sector. What should we do? Mm-hmm. And from that conversation and a series more, what kind of sprung out was Tech Votes. The goal of Tech Votes is to increase or build this culture of civic engagement within Austin's tech sector. And so what we do, because ATA ended up adopting it as one of our 
programs. I mean, that's the benefit of this being my full-time job mm. is that I can direct my time and, and energy toward it. So with TechVotes, what we do is partner with ATA member companies to ensure that they have someone who is deputized, trained as a volunteer deputy registrar within their staff. So Texas is one of, I think, 12 states now that does not have online voter registration. It's so dumb. This is so uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is a it is a policy choice by the state legislature. Uh, it's a policy choice in the sense that there has been there's been legislation that they could have moved that failed to move through the process, mm-hmm. and so we still have a paper based system where. I actually am trained as a volunteer deputy registrar, and so I always carry around a clipboard with me, just like you see folks at, you know, blues on the green that are walking around saying, oh, "Hey, yeah, are, yeah. are you? Are you? Do you live in Travis County? Are you mm-hmm. a registered voter?" So you still have to do this paper-based system, which that's the system we have. So we've got to work around that. So instead of being able to just to like uh, folks at Experian did send out an email saying, "Hey, we want to encourage everybody to make their voice heard mm-hmm. at the ballot box. You should register to vote." You can do that, but it still involves printing and mm-hmm. mailing and all these, you know, stuff that are that are that creates fiction in the process that either prevents applications from being completed and just generally makes it harder to vote when it shouldn't be. So we partner with our member companies and they get trained. So now they have a volunteer deputy registrar, someone who can then go back and register their friends, family, and coworkers to vote to ensure that you have this easy opportunity you know it's it's one thing if ata and which we have done in the past it's one thing if ata says hey we'd love to set up a table Mm -hmm. in your lobby for three hours on Mm -hmm. one morning and so folks can get registered to vote i mean they don't know who i am generally speaking Mm -hmm. they walk by because Mm -hmm. they're busy people Mm -hmm. and if they're not within that three hour window then they're passing on the opportunity to get registered to vote which is a shame or to update their registration but if it's you know, Bob down the hallway mm-hmm. who you see in the cafeteria, then it's an easy thing uh, because Bob or whoever else it might be is going to be there most days. Ours is Kelly. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <great. laughs> Kelly see? and Gigi. I remember, yep, yeah, uh, I love it that the office is very voting forward and mm. voting encouraged. And when I, so I legally changed my name recently and the person that was the, uh, registrar Mm -hmm. came over to me and was like hey so i can still i can help you with voting if you have any questions about legal name change and just wanted to make sure that i was still able to vote that's right that's awesome that's awesome yeah so that is what we envision as having every single company within Mm -hmm. uh, austin's tech sector and then we also send out uh basically a civic engagement playbook uh leading up to elections like right now Mm -hmm. on tuesday is the primary election and i'd love to talk about that for a moment i know that Mm -hmm. this isn't going to go on there actually friday yeah excellent excellent so i gotta wait to vote (laughs) i'm gonna vote on the day this episode will be coming out probably in april so we have a backlog right now so so we can talk about the process but yes no so i I do want to talk about the process at least just to plant this seed but we put out this civic engagement playbook that's basic information that folks often know they should know but don't think about until it's too late. Mm-hmm. So how do I register? What is the deadline for registration? Who's on the ballot? Mm. What's on the ballot? How do I vote? Where do I vote? When do I vote? Stuff like that. And we make it as super easy to mm-hmm. process as possible. Um, and then our member companies are able to share that internally as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes that, again, that 
civic engagement load off of them. Understanding, of course, that we're doing so from a completely nonpartisan perspective. You know, we want people just to make their voice heard at the ballot mm-hmm. box. We want people to be active civic participants in their community and to show up. I mean, and the most basic way of doing that is to vote, mm-hmm. especially in the Texas primary election, which, as I mentioned, as we're recording this, is going to be two days from today, on March 6th. The overwhelming majority of districts, so of elected races in the state of Texas, are determined in the primary Mm -hmm. because the geographic boundaries that make up the district are drawn in a way that they're either going to be a safe Republican district or a safe Democratic district. Mm -hmm. So it's in the former, it's whoever comes out of the Republican primary, Mm -hmm. where it's Republicans facing each other, Mm -hmm. is generally speaking going to win that district. Mm. In the fall, regardless of the quality of the Democratic candidate, because mm. oftentimes people vote straight ballot. Mm. So the best example that I can provide is because we're in the midterm elections, which is when there's not a president on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last midterm in Texas was 2014. The Of the 150 seats in the state house, in the state house of representatives that go up for election every two years, of the 150, five of them were competitive in the November general election. That was it. Meaning the R versus the D, it was a competitive race. (laughs) The other 145 were determined in the primary. And so I encourage people 100% to vote in the general election and show up, vote every time, vote whenever there's an election. But Mm -hmm. you're skipping out on the most important election if you're not voting in the primary. And is it true that Texas has a low turnout? Usually, yes, compared to other states. Yep. So, and that's true in the primary as well as the general election. You Mm -hmm. know, going back to the 2014 midterms in the general election, meaning in November 2014, Texas was 51st in voter turnout, and 51st because we were also behind DC. Wow. So wow. Texas is a non-voting state as a rule. You know, we have a very poor civic health, and so that's why I think there's ripe opportunity for Mm -hmm. an organization like ATA to really help push people to understand the issues. And once you understand the issues then you feel more connected to them and actually want to have a say in the outcome. Uh, so with ATA, what's the future of ATA look like? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, we went from one person to two people. So we're growing exponentially in terms of, uh, employee size. Um, but <laughs> no, we're <laughs> double your growth. That's great. Yep. So we're going to, you know, with these projects that we have lined up, as well as some others that we've yet to publicly announce that are kind of in super secret stealth mode right now. You know, we know that we're going to be busy throughout the rest of the year. You know, we want to continue to pay attention and, and get involved with the ongoing civic conversations that are happening here in Austin, whether those be at the local level or at the state level, and then also continue to educate our members about the issues that are, are, that are happening in D.C. too. You know, we want to continue to grow our organization um, in terms of the members that we're reaching out to. You know, at the end of the day, that is how we define success. It's going to be the number of people that we're able to talk to and their level of engagement in these civic conversations. We're going to continue to to work on that. And 2018 has been exceptionally busy for me, uh, <laughs> but it's it's been good busy, and uh, I'm looking forward to more of that. What's your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job is being able to teach something new to people. You know, I came from uh, my previous professional life in the Capitol was one that 
you know, there was a lot of very engaged people that work there. And mm-hmm. it's by definition, you have to be right because you're on the front line dealing with these issues yeah. that are extremely important in affecting large populations of people. Mm-hmm. And when you, my experience has been when I've gone into the tech sector and this is not speaking for everybody, but a lot of people, they have to spend so much time building their company and so much energy, especially if you're in the startup space that it's difficult to have the bandwidth to be able to get involved in these broader community conversations. And I totally get that. Like I said, there's only so much time in the day and people are busy. And so what I like to be able to do is, help to educate folks on these issues so that it becomes much more approachable and understandable for people so that it's not this, they don't view city hall or the state capital as this black box where they have no idea how input equals output. Mm -hmm. Instead, there is some logic to it and there is some rationale behind the decisions that are made and your opportunity to impact that process. And it's great to be able to shine that light on those opportunities for folks. Mm -hmm. We're actually kind of in time. Do you have any okay. more questions or do you want to ask your final question? I think I'm ready to ask my final question. All right. <laughs> so um, if ATA could be a superhero and mm-hmm. this could be a made up superhero, it what would be. it be? <laughs> I don't it, know your superhero knowledge. So if ATA were a superhero, I'm going to be super cheesy and it's <laughs> going to be a bureaucracy navigator. Oh. Uh, you know, it's going to be someone who understands the systems and processes and mm-hmm. can do so and can help to navigate it for Joe and Jane Q-Tech um, <laughs> while wearing a cape and some really awesome latex boots. I'm glad you focused on the outfit. Sometimes, <laughs> a lot of times people forget about what the superhero looks like. They just say the name. They don't, I don't know what they Yeah, look you've like. got to build out the mental picture. <laughs> Get involved with the Austin Tech Alliance at austintech.org to join the mission to give the Austin tech sector a voice at the Capitol. If you're a civil servant looking to improve your day-to-day work with technology, sign up for the Paper Census at papercensus.org. The Austin Tech Alliance can also be found on facebook.com slash austintechalliance, on Twitter and Medium at Austin Tech. Looking for some positive vibes about the world? Well, we can help you with that. You can be starting your faith in humanity at everydaysuperhumans.com where you can learn all about the people making the world a better place. While you're there, be sure to check out our Find Your Cause quiz to find a nonprofit right for you. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter to get a little dose of superhuman news and charity opportunities happening right here in Austin. And finally, don't forget our Twitter at SuperhumansCast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans. And check out our Instagram at Everyday Superhumans. Have we restored your faith in humanity? Then be sure to rate and subscribe to Everyday Superhumans on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling really generous, be sure to donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash everyday superhumans. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go. And so, <laughs> you probably heard that one. That was loud. Now you just shake yourself. Anyways, okay.